This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. The current business climate with inflation is really hurting businesses in a lot of ways. Uh, they're trying to cut ex- expenses. But obviously, in order to cut expenses, you got to know what you're looking at and diving right into it. But without putting a little skin in the game, for those who actually have maybe background or uh, interest to try to cut those costs, like for example, you gotta know where your sources are coming from for paper supplies or paper clips for that matter, or employee engagement or employee salaries. There's a lot involvement that you have to understand in order to make those kind of decisions. Sometimes it's more difficult, um, or it is more difficult, when you don't have enough information and you kind of just wing it and go with the status quo, or just kind of similar to what you've always been doing, uh, which, you know, brings up a, a, a quick story from, you know, my Navy days. I remember, of course, we were young whippersnappers trying to work on these airplanes. I can't tell you how many times the supervisor uh, that we had, uh, which was uh, typically called leading petty officer LPO for our shop or work center, he would always challenge us um, because we would do things a certain way every single time. And then he would challenge us with some degree of, well, what if you did it differently? And, well, what do you mean differently? Like, well, look at it from a different angle change things up, uh, do things that maybe you haven't done before, maybe pull in expertise that other people may know. Um, we did have huge problems when we were out there. Uh, we couldn't get electronic boxes to work. I mean, granted, they were developed in the 1960s, and it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, so the things were pretty close to being obsolete, if not already, definitely pretty close to being decommissioned and eliminated from the fleet. He would challenge us all the time. And there was times we'd go to different work centers and try to pull some senior guys that may or may not have experience in that specific thing, but they have other experience in other other ways. So, but in our business, you know, the reality is some people really look at that you're in the healthcare business regardless, and you just have this other business doing whatever it is that you do. I know there was a quote out there by Warren Buffett that always said, GM is actually, General Motors is actually in the healthcare business, whether they know it or not. Uh, They just happen to be a car manufacturer at the same time Uh, because the cost of healthcare exceeds everything else, especially with the retiree package. I don't know what it's at today, but I'm assuming that it's probably higher than wages, um, which is reversed with a lot of other businesses. And we'll get to Um, that here momentarily, and we'll walk through some uh, analysis for it. But um, when it comes to um, benefit spending, uh, we don't apply the same type of care that we do in other businesses. It usually falls as one of the most expensive items in the company on the profit and loss statement um, after payroll. Usually payroll and wages are the highest expense followed by healthcare, and then you have taxes. And I'm going to walk through each one of those categories briefly uh, obviously, seek consultant on each one of the areas um, for more information. I'm just trying to give a high-level overview on um, some of the areas and some ideas that come with it. So, so with payroll, though, uh, we usually look at strategies, right? Uh, ROI or return on investment uh, or return on equity, right? Employees buys us time. Um, they buy us opportunities. And they, uh, I always call it bandwidth uh, or capacity, right? So they increase the capacity or bandwidth. 
so you could take on more business. Uh, so uh, a lot of CFOs or even HR will actually try to invest a little bit of skin in the game or time and try to control this cost to remain, uh, control the cost while trying to remain competitive. Um, and again, sometimes you have to hire somebody outside the firm to do this, but this is usually common ground for a lot of businesses as they grow, trying to figure out what to do next. Um, that's why we've had um, a couple um, PEOs or professional employer organizations that kind of um, on this podcast, but they they're one of those strategies or outside source that helps them grow, move to another level. You could also outside outside consultants um, available all the time that you could contract and create opportunity. And, and businesses usually do. They seek advice on how to make this work. The second biggest expense is obviously um, your benefit spending, uh, your healthcare, right? Um, so we don't invest, most companies don't invest that much time. Sure, they have a broker. There's a lot of ten- dependability. The insurance industry taught the employers how to buy their health plan uh, for their employees. And so it's status quo, right? So the renewal comes in. The only thing we do is adjust the deductible. The co-insurance, co-pays may even pass on some of the costs back to the employee and then cry poor to the employees and saying, hey, we just got hit with another increase. We're going to absorb some of it. But we have to share some of the costs with you. And in some cases, it's rightly so. I know our office has received call, calls throughout the years that we've been in business that, you know, they're trying to look for an outside source uh, outside the company. And we find out that their family rate went from $50 a month, I'm sorry, for $50 a pay period to $75 a pay period. Well, you know, pay your $75 a pay period because that's unheard of um, across the board. Most people are paying a lot more and they're usually shocked by that. Well, you're not going to get for $150 a month to insure a family. And then in some cases, they're even more shocked by that. But I'm just saying that's typical, right? Pass on cost. Um, but a lot of small, medium, medium-sized businesses it's not a $25 per pay period increase. It might be a $200 per pay period increase. And so that's a huge impact, especially with inflation going on and uh, and nobody's pulling back on the brakes uh, for inflation. It just keeps rolling, right? Just devaluing the dollar, but it makes it harder to purchase these benefits. And so therefore the employers are in the same boat, similar to the employees sometimes where every dollar just really just counts. And a lot of times there's very little action from the broker or the employer. We just kind of make these small adjustments and and we assume that's the status quo. And, um, and I think one thing that gets overlooked is that we're a passive um, entity that you're paying for in your premiums. So, but you don't realize it because it's not a separate check. It's not a separate contract. In fact, in a lot of cases, you don't even have a contract with the broker at least on small and medium-sized groups. I know larger companies, there is a separate contract, whether the insurance company is paying the broker or the brokers getting received payments from the employer. There's usually contracts involved in the small and mid-sized level. It usually doesn't occur as much. It should, absolutely. It should be a common practice. You're doing business with a broker. There should be a at least a one-page form that explains the relationship, just like any other business transaction. But since it's very passive, um, the broker, you know, their cost is hidden. So there's employers out there that are probably paying 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a year for their broker. 
and they're just getting status quo concepts, right? Like increase your deductible. Oh, we got a 10% increase. Let me talk to the carrier. Oh, now we're at 8% or 6%, whatever it might be. And so very little interaction to try to actually do something um, to actually reverse the trend of healthcare. Uh, we have case study or case study where uh, when you go over a 10-year period, uh, they're still below where they would have been if they just stayed where they're at. In some cases, they're below where they started 10 years ago. And so if that tells you, so even though you switch your plan design concepts, the culture, how you do business um, to move it into a better direction, uh, you're still gonna have increases. There's utilization, right? Anytime there's utilization, there's gonna be costs, but then you got inflation and anticipated trends. And so they need to adjust for that too. The employer is not writing checks for the broker, so therefore it kind of gets um, overlooked in a lot of ways and the shopping of healthcare doesn't really get die, uh, dove into. So even though we're a lot of employers are really in the healthcare business for their employees, they don't spend enough time on it. I really think employers really need to step out of the box a little bit and look at um, even consulting with the uh, current broker, right? Like be willing to pay, put some skin in the game, pay them extra money to do a better job. Um, I'm not saying they're overcompensated to begin with or, or undercompensated. In a lot of cases we are, but it just depends on the situation and you need to have transparency conversations with your broker because you need value being added and you have to be willing to pay for it. It may be built into the premiums already, uh, or you may have to do it um, outside of that. Or hire a second opinion, right? So call our office. Keep your current broker. Give us. We'll give you a second opinion. You'll get a report. You'll pay for it. And then you'll be able to take that report and do whatever you want. And then if you decide to do business with us, then we could figure out um, what's fair as far as um, what compensation was supposed to be. And if there's any credits or, or more transactions, we'll, we could address those. But we have done that. We've gotten second opinions, not just to win the business, but so you could take the report and analyze it yourself. You own it, just like if you hired any other consultant. My whole point of bringing this up is when we look at payroll, we usually invest more time, more money, more resources. And health, health insurance spending, we don't. Now, the third highest expense, expense in a company is usually payroll taxes or just taxes in general. I am not a tax advisor. I'm not trying to give tax advice. This is just purely educational purposes for right now. And so maybe we'll get a tax guy on here and talk about that. Uh, in fact, just this morning, I reached out to one that see if he's willing to come on and we could talk about this specific area, not only just taxes, but uh, getting involved in the healthcare spending um, and control of costs. But more on that later. Um, so you are sometimes paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to outsource any type of consultant related taxes. Usually, even a CFO is not going to take that burden. They're in-house trying to do strategies for long-term growth and with tax in mind. But usually there's an outside source for this. They don't always, um, it may not be always the same person depending on the size of the company and the resources they have. But even in smaller companies, you're paying an outside firm in most cases to consult with you to figure out your tax liability in advance and reduce it. So the goal is to reduce, um, you know, those tax liabilities. So some of those strategy discussions could be uh, reduce or increase spending. It could be other acquisitions like tie up more money. Uh, it can be donations. Um, that happens um, more often than you think. Uh, any type of growth strategies, right? Hey, if you do this or that, you know, we can save money here that will rebudget to do something else. 
And obviously, the end goal is profit. Even if you're a nonprofit, there's still cash flow that you're worried about to reallocate to other resources. So even though I always say, even though they call them a nonprofit, um, they're still for profit. They just reallocate the profits to other needs of their purpose. So when you're not getting the advice you think you're getting uh, or you want, or you feel like you've gone to a certain level with that particular consultant for taxes, usually look elsewhere. Well, sometimes with the healthcare spending and the benefits package and the broker you're dealing with, we don't always do that. In a lot of cases, they, you, it's easier to stay where you're at than versus moving on. And so um, a lot of times we just take our broker's advice and move on. And so I'm going to outline some of the things that you could look at, especially if you're a CFO listening to this, maybe you're a tax person, outside firm. These are some of the things that I would just, some takeaways from a little bit of what I'm talking about. So there was a study done by the Institute of Medicine that determined that at least 30% of healthcare spending in reality, according to the uh, P, and they call themselves PWC report, then it could actually be over 50% of expenditures with inside of a health plan that could be fraudulent or wasteful or just straight up abuse. And most employers usually don't try to attack it. I've said in other podcasts, is these you know, our brokers in the industry, they're always trying to do the great, uh, great job. I, I either use the reference, they're honest Abe, or uh, they're a good Boy Scout. Usually the focus has always been on the spending, I'm sorry, the um, spending on the healthcare. How are you going to fund it, rather? And so fund the healthcare program. So we move the level funded, we move to self-funded, but the problem is we still don't control the actual spending side of it. And so um, once you get down to it, you could actually control a lot more. And that's where a CFO, even HR could be eliminated, but especially the employer or whoever is the board of uh, directors, really need to dive into this a little bit more because yeah you're not in healthcare but you really are and so you might as well roll up your sleeves and figure it out a little bit more because if you're on a health plan that doesn't give you expense reports on based on prescription drugs er visits urgent cares or hospital stays um, then you need to move to those platforms some of the smaller employers can't do this micro groups is what i call them micro companies that only have under under 10 employees in a lot of cases that you just don't have the kind of leverage to get there. And unfortunately, that's just the case. But more and more insurance companies are being innovative. Uh, you could technically actually start some of those plans at one one employee, but there's checklist that goes in, uh, involved. Uh, usually it's four or more, but um, those are some things that I actually look at. See if you could start getting those expense reports so you could combat those expenses, right? You could educate your employees and figure out where the spending is going. It's the same thing you do with any other line item, but somehow we just overlook it. And most of the time, the insurance broker has no idea because they're not even looking at their profit and loss statement, whether they own the agency or not. Even if they don't own the agency, there's still a profit and loss statement. I know years ago when I was in a larger firm, there was still a profit and loss statement. They kept it tight, but there was still a profit and loss per um, insurance agent that was um, or advisor that was out there advising. Um, and so they would share that with us um, uh, here and there. So it is available uh, whether they know it or not. But you have to break out those expenses. So that's definitely one. We, we can't use the, you know, I guess, the reference blind eye approach um, to managing the cost of benefits. Uh, it has worked for years, um, and, and now we're in this bad habit, and we're working on trying to control cost, and usually don't look much further than deductibles, coinsurance, even switching another carrier, and and they buy business uh, essentially. They'll buy your book, um, essentially move to another insurance company, 
two years later, you move back. Just the way the cycle goes, uh, it's a it's a rat race, uh, nonetheless. And uh, a lot of times, even though we do business with a lot of the you know Main Street uh, businesses, but you know we the the time that they usually come to us is usually all of a sudden they're like, how do I get out of this? Right? Like, uh, I my current guy is just giving me the same stuff every year. I need a second opinion. I I need to get out of this. How do I how do I do that? Right? And they may not be ready for it, but um, it can be a five year outlook, and we'll build a plan for a five year outlook. Right? So. We can't just do one and done, and we can't implement certain things in year one that we can't do in year two. So it's this building block that has to occur. And so you have to be willing to invest that time. Otherwise, and there's businesses closing shop because of it. I know we've had it uh, on smaller groups where the employer finally just closes up shop and goes get a job because they can't afford the benefits, specifically because of the benefits. I just talked to an employer a couple of weeks ago. He, uh, his wife has been at home raising the children for so long. Uh, they're in high school now, but obviously still needed in the home front and, uh, good for them to figure it out, um, to keep the mom at home. But now he's getting to the point where she's got to get a job. The kids are old enough to manage themselves, even though they're still in school, they got to get a job with healthcare. She, he's really pushing it because he doesn't want to pay it anymore or they can't, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. That's where they're at. They're at a breaking point that they need it. So that's usually where employers need to be in order to look at the different outlook and start bending the trend. This is not a magic wand and this is not just some fly-by-night industry um, concept. It's actually been proven all the way through. It's been there for years. Uh, It's just that now more and more brokers are jumping on board because they're looking for avenues to help save their clients money and give them better solutions at the same time. But when, when you come up with the renewal, a lot of times, especially middle market uh, companies, uh, they delegate, or even large companies, they delegate this to HR, and HR really doesn't have the concept of finances other than pay, uh, payroll, maybe. Um, but outside of company expenses, usually doesn't occur. And so you're asking middle management to budget uh, and manage a multi-million dollar budget. Like um, They're not even really qualified to do that because their focus is in a different direction. So you really need to have the CFO in the room at the same time. He may think it's a waste of time, but I'm telling you, he needs to be there because if he's being incentivized to control the cost of the company, then he's not doing his job if he's not in that seat. Listen up. Butch wants to give you your own elite benefits playbook, and it's absolutely free. From business strategy to benefits strategy, every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits playbook or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. So a few things to consider when engaging your benefit spend, uh, and we talk about a lot of this on other ones, but um, there were some few topics that came up in the past week or so, and I thought I would uh, share those with you uh, so that you could take them back to your current broker or call our office and let's have that conversation. Uh, we do have uh, an employee benefit or elite benefits playbook, um, and it's a um, quick strategy session to figure out how you score in your current benefit package. And we pr- produce a report at no cost. We just give that to you. Um, so you're welcome to call our office and get that. And we'll t- uh, send it over. And, uh, and obviously, we could have that follow-up phone call to see if we're able to solve some of those issues and we, if we could do business. But otherwise, it's your report. So call our office and we'll get, uh, 
get you that. But you have to talk about, you know, different ways of cost shifting measures to the employees, right? You need to know all faucets, right? You can't just increase deductible co-insurance and co-pays or pass. You need to know everything you could possibly do. And if you don't know anything outside of the ones I just mentioned, uh, including passing on more premium, then you, you need to figure out a different way to do business because otherwise you're always going to be stuck in the same rat race. You need to root out any status quo, right? Like you have to get away from the mindset of, well, it's the big blue or the big green or the blue, whatever, purple, uh, name your color, you know, big branded carriers that are out there, right? Um, there's a lot of hidden cost in a lot of those plans. Some of them will have self-funded um, programs, but if it's not a true self-funded and have a stop-loss carrier and pharmacy benefit manager that's not owned by the same company, then you're still in the status quo market. And so you need, it's that, you know, I referenced this to comfort food, right? And so um, most comfort food is really not good for us healthy wise. And so, but it makes us feel really good. And that's why whiskey never goes away too. But it usually is just this comfort thing, but it's usually not always good in the long run. In the short term, it makes you feel good and happy. Uh, but long run, you're not going to be able to finish the marathon. You need to know how everything is being paid for, right? You need to know where pharmacies go in. You need to know where uh, the regular doctor visits and urgent care and hospitals. You need to know all those in order to control the outcomes, uh, including how any fees that are related, fees related to your pharmacy benefit manager, fees related to the stop loss carriers, fees to the third party administrator, fees, fees, fees. You need to have all those so you can make better decisions, including the broker fee. I'm telling you, you have to know what's going on because there's a chance that the broker needs to increase the compensation in order for you to get more value. At the same time, the broker needs to step up to the plate and actually earn the money that you're actually currently paying um, before you even pay anything out. And so uh, just fruit for thought there. You need to understand and carry out any ERISA or other fiduciary responsibilities. Uh, this is your responsibility uh, related to the health plan. And I say that because it's overlooked all the time. Small and mid-sized companies, for sure. Bigger companies are usually doing this automatically because they have the cash flow, they have the budget. Uh, if they don't, they'll find the money whereas small and mid-sized companies can't always find the money. It's not a ton of money, but you have to stay in compliance. You have to have skin in the game. It's your responsibility in the end. If your broker didn't tell you, well, shame on them, but but it's really your um, responsibility. It's technically not the broker's responsibility, but that conversation needs to be brought up from time to time to make sure that you're on the right track, but internally it needs to be brought up and have a bullet point. That's why mid-year reviews are, are great because then you can work on some of those instead of crash time there in the open enrollment. The other thing you need to do is get a little bit intimate with the um, healthcare industry, right? And so people avoid healthcare all the time. And whether you buy the policy or not, yourself, like if you're self-employed or you need to buy private insurance, um, you need to get more skin in the game. You don't know how many times I call or have conversations, people complain about how they allocated claims um, for an individual and their family. And then we find out that they didn't even open up the explanation of benefits. Yeah, I don't read those things, right? Like, well, you have to. You have to match them up to the invoice. You may be invoiced for things that are not even being billed to the insurance company and you're paying for it. So you need to be a little bit more intimate. And that's just on the claim side, let alone the industry side. You need to figure out what's going on. Maybe find out what's current trends, right? Uh, there's certain things that are going on. Maybe your broker doesn't have access to or your broker doesn't care to have the resource. Maybe they can't afford it. There's some small brokers, even in Chicago, that I know personally, they're great individuals, very educated. They just don't have the means to buy some of the resources that 
uh, that we have or other shops have. And so you just have to get a little more intimate and see what's out there. And then also don't completely depend on what's being spoon fed by your broker. I'm not saying that they're not knowledgeable um, or worthwhile to have on. Just don't always take, just take it for a, a grain of salt, right? And validate some of the information. Maybe get a second opinion, bring it back to them. I'm not saying switch. I have a lot of loyal clients and some of them actually shop me every year. And that's cool, right? And because they have the right to do that. I They, they don't have to do business with me. They can move on, right? But they, they most of them will give me a shot at it um, if they come back with some other idea. A lot of times we've already ruled that out. Um, and they forgot about it, or it might be something to, to take a, a second look at. Um, I know we've lost business because of it, where brokers will mislead and try to hook that business. But but just be careful. I'm just saying, be a little bit more resourceful. Don't depend on what's being spoon-fed to you, or what's on TV, or what you read on the front page of a newspaper, because there's a lot more that goes involved. So do your homework on it.